Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Split Division Podcast. I am your host today, Nathan Marzian, joined by Eli with the Packers, Gerv with the Lions, Jared with the Vikings, and Max with the Bears. Um, week two's in the books. We have two 2 and 0 teams in the division, two 0 and 2 teams in the division. Um, so uh, this was the week in the NFL of injuries, tons of injuries around the league. We got guys like Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Demonte Adams, uh, Nick Bosa, Michael Thomas is hurt, Chris Godwin's hurt, everyone's hurt. If you, if your fair player is probably hurt. So um, your fantasy you, team's hurt right now. <laughs> yeah, your fan, if, if, you, if your fantasy team survived this week without uh, you know any key injuries, you're you might win your league honestly because of all the injuries going on right now. Um, so we'll go around the division, talk about, um, injury news from this past week, any other news to report. Um, and then we'll get into some game recap stuff, game previews for week three. We will start with Max and the bears. Um, what do you have for us? Last game against the giants, we had David Montgomery. He, he left, uh, with something that it looked like it was going to be in a cu- concussion. Basically what he did is that he did a run up the middle and he tried to pull a Saquon and, and hurdle over the defensive lineman. And yeah, David Montgomery is not a Saquon Barkley. And so he flew up in the air, uh, head over heels, and um, the linebacker behind him grabbed him and drilled him into the ground. And it was a clean hit, but uh, he landed right on his head. So he left and we, we thought he was done. Like we thought like he, they went to the medical tent right away. He went to the locker room after that. And then uh, it was Probably, I, I think it was maybe a quarter later, he came back and he finished off the rest of the game and put the team on his back and uh, put the team on the back, uh, put the team on his back in the fourth quarter as he just, uh, as we just chewed up the clock with our rushing game. And so that was the only significant, if you want to call it significant injury that we had all week. Um, other than that, no injuries on the injury report that popped up after our game. Somehow we yeah. escaped the curse. I was gonna say the Bears got Bears got pretty lucky this week with that. Yeah. Um, uh, we'll go to Gerbs with the Lions. Any injuries? Big injuries. Obviously, Galladay was out. You had other injuries yeah. in the in the secondary so, and stuff, but new injuries. The Lions, luckily, you'd think with the luck they had and how awful <laughs> it's been, the Lions actually have had no major injuries happen during games. Well, I mean, at least during week two. Um, the issue is the secondary is absolutely depleted still. And Galladay should be back this week. Should be. <laughs> I hope to God. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, the secondary, it's... Uh, Trufant is day-to-day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're just like thinking about all the injuries just having having like those two injuries Galladay on offense and Trufant on defense has like screwed everything over for Detroit it's it's I mean a lot of things are bad for Detroit and beyond that but these injuries have just it's insult injury literally on this point of like <laughs> those guys being out is like Detroit could at least maybe stand a chance in games if we had Galladay and Trufant but we don't yep. right now. So both hamstring injuries. I don't know what it is with this team and all eight hamstring injuries we're dealing with with players right now. But yeah, so that's injury report for Detroit. Not looking pretty. Yeah. Well, like you said, at least they didn't have any big new injuries. At least you know Stafford didn't get hurt during the game or something. We so. were close. Why were we playing him that far, that late in the game? I'm so <laughs> mad about them. Anyway. <laughs> 
All right, we'll go to uh, the Vikings. Uh, Jared, uh, injuries to report and news? Uh, first was an injury to Pat Elfline. Um, he, I think he hurt his, I want to say he hurt his hand, but I might be wrong. But he is on the injury reserve for now. And, like, honestly, I was happy, not happy that he got hurt, but happy to see someone else starting at right guard. And, you know, you think it can't get much worse with, with Pat Elfline. And then Drew Samia played, and you're like, wow, it can really get much worse. <laughs> um, it was, it, granted, he was going against DeForest Buckner, but, like, it was not, it was not enjoyable to watch with him. Um, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and say he was against a really good guy for his first start and let him see what he does in the next few games. But it was really bad with him. And then um, a big injury was Anthony Barr during the game. He tore his pec and he's done for the season. Um, so, I mean, my thing with Barr is he's really overpaid and he is not an elite linebacker. He's like not even probably not. He's not even top 10 linebacker, nothing like that. Um, and he's getting paid way too much for what he's been doing for the team. And so like to have someone else come in and see how they do in his place will be nice to see if, you know, he's like a replaceable guy and something that they don't need to hold on to next season. And so they signed Todd Davis from the Broncos who they cut at the beginning of the season. He started uh, 59 of his 60 games that he's played with them in the last four years, and he's put up really nice numbers there um, as far as, like, a pass coverage kind of guy, and that's kind of what we're looking for to replace Barr because they didn't really rush Barr that often. Uh, so it'll be nice to see something different in there, especially with how the season is going. You might as well kind of try and see what you can do differently here. What is Barr's contract exactly? I know I know it's quite a bit. But um, he's getting. I want to say he's getting around fifteen a year, okay. and he's he's one of the biggest contracts on the team, and he's he's like one of the top paid linebackers, and he does not play like it. It's bad. Yeah, damn. I wasn't saying that as like a roast. Like, oh, like it was, his no, deal, I just, his yeah, deal I was uh, five, five years, sixty-seven million. Five sixty-seven. So okay. fifteen gear, but oh, but. Uh, 15 guaranteed at signing. Okay. Yeah. 13 and uh, a half AAV. So it's an expendable contract. Is Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right. they should have let him go to the Jets when they had I, the I agree. <laughs> I, well, I don't know why they were so desperate to bring him back. He was the, never that good. The Jets signed CJ Mosley, and then mm-hmm. we're like, they brought in Barr, and then the Vikings. But Mosley got hurt immediately, and the Jets yeah. just—that's the Jets. So no. Well, <laughs> the Jets are Five-yard touchdown on their first play of the game against San Francisco. <laughs> when week. I um saw them sign him, I'm like, I was kind of happy because I, I did not want them to sign him because I knew they're going to give him a lot of money, and I was like, just get rid of the guy. I mean, he's a totally replaceable guy, and I knew they were going to pay him a lot. I'm like, did not want him to put that much into him. And then he backs out of the deal, which is such a bad-looking move, in my opinion. Backing out of the Jets contract, such a low-integrity move, in my personal opinion. But, yeah, good. (laughs) Patriots went to uh, Indy and then backed out, (laughs) like, last second. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That that was worse. That was worse. (laughs) What McDaniels did. Or Belichick actually, like, being the coach of the Jets for a day. Or how about uh, uh, Paterno when he left the Falcons without even leaving? He just he just disappeared. You know, he just but you expect that from that guy. Oh my just god, that was a joke. <laughs> Mike Zimmer was the defensive coordinator for that team. That was awful. 
All right, we now go to um, lastly the Packers. So obviously had some injuries coming in, and then um, the Adams injury sat out. I want to say it was like the last quarter, quarter and a half. Yeah, he basically sat out most of the second half. Yeah, um, but um, other injuries and stuff to report, and then you know your thoughts on the Adams injury and what it means moving forward, Eli. Yeah, so so we saw pretty quickly reported after that Devontae was pushing Lafleur to get back in the game. But due to the score, Matt LaFleur was telling him, you know, let's see how the next few drives go. If we need you, we'll consider putting you back in. But it was week two. They wanted to protect him. I don't think it's all that serious. It's a hamstring, so you got to be careful because those can linger at times. But I don't think it's anything to be too concerned about. I expect him to play next week. I think they were smart for holding them out when they had that lead. Um, other injuries in the game, we had... We had okay, Corey Lindsley left with a hand injury. We'll have to monitor that. I haven't really seen any updates. Obviously, being the center, his hand will be quite important. Um, Nathan, have you seen any update yet on Corey? I haven't, no. I mean, I haven't been on Twitter a ton today, but um, I haven't seen anything. Yeah, so I haven't seen anything either. And then, I mean, injury-wise, kind of like, I mean, it seems like this whole division, except for, I guess, Anthony Barr, kind of yeah. es- escaped pretty well out of this week two massacre of How's an injury. How's Kenny Clark doing? Clark, look, he didn't play, but, you know, I we have no reason to believe it's a severe injury or he would have been put on the three-week IR. So yeah. I'm hoping he will be back for next week versus New Orleans against Alvin Kamara, obviously. Really going to need him. And, and then I guess, you know, we'll recap the game uh, a little bit more in our next segment. But that's really all it is for injury. We do have Billy Turner expected to come back next week, which will be nice for the offensive line. Uh, Rick Wagner was great, but again, we'll talk more about that. But that's all there is for Packers injuries. Yeah, like you said, though, the division overall, like I was thinking about today, I was like, yeah, they actually got off pretty, you know, uh, injury-free this week compared to everyone else. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, that does it for our injuries and news and stuff. Um, so now let's get into the actual well, game. Sorry, one piece of news. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, oh, yeah, I, I didn't even mention it. I should have mentioned it on the end of my injury report. Uh, we extended Tariq Cohen. We didn't extend Allen Robinson. Oh, that's right, yes. Um, <laughs> Tariq Cohen. You extended uh, him, and then he, what, what did he do? He had, like, one catch or something? I don't remember what it was. Oh, he did man. nothing in the game. I don't remember. Yeah, I, I don't know if he... He did yeah. something. He ended up pass-catching running back, but didn't extend one of the best receivers. In the game. <laughs> <laughs> well, at the same time, it's uh, it's about a $10 million different, uh, indifference sort of contract. It's a, it's, a, it's a huge one that they have to extend with A-Rob. And, um, yeah, I, you know, I don't know what's going on with that. That's one that I predicted uh, a month or two ago that we'd extend at the beginning of the season. And... And so it was shocking to me that that never happened. But you know what? As we as we move forward, there's always options. Kind of like I said last week, we can still franchise tag Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson, the last time he was in a contract year with the Jags, he tore his ACL. So that's why he's kind of got this urgency. Um, you might see on Twitter, there's a lot of drama still. He's still liking tweets. He's responding to more tweets. And uh, yeah, it's not so good. Petty. Like about how overthrown he is. That's the important yes. part here. Yeah, I have him in fantasy. Dude. I have him in fantasy. I'm frustrated. I haven't. I would never Stephon Diggs treatment just because of of Trubisky. Like he's a great player, but I just simply could never draft him because it's of like Trubisky. The, he's like a third or fourth round pick, and I'm like, you know what? Like I think he's got wide receiver one potential cause, just because of the target volume. He's getting the, the target. Is, I don't think in my ten year, uh, maybe even more, ten or twelve years of playing fantasy, I don't think I've ever 
rostered a Bears player. Because... I think this is yeah. I think this is the first year actually that I have. So. Yeah, that's you just... know what? It was a c- couple years ago that I had Robinson, or I think maybe even last year, where I actually had Robinson, and then I felt that pain, the double pain, you know, where it's like the Bears don't score, and so, yeah. so and then my fantasy team suffers as well. And so yeah. I'm like, I'm totally against taking Bears players now, like <laughs> until we have a thriving like a top ten offense. receiver in the league. But he's Ooh. like, you don't want to touch him, like talent wise. Yeah. It's like yeah. a top yeah. receiver. Yeah, he had a better quarterback. He could. But be he's had keep. Bortles and he's had Trubisky as his it's two true. quarterbacks. And Hackenberg in college. Oh god, yeah, that's brutal. <laughs> he could have yeah, played with Aaron Rodgers. That's the thing. You, for fantasy yeah. purposes, you're looking for consistency, but for just the clutch plays that he's able to do of just like the diving catches and the acrobatics and and to get clutch like that, like he, and he's he's a fantastic route runner, but. Um, yeah, there's more drama that we can talk about later. But as far as extending Tariq Cohen, I think it was I think it was a fair deal that we got. Um, we signed him around the range of Duke Johnson and Gio, Giovanni Bernard, and uh, and he's not like those types of running backs where he can come in and be your RB one. Um, but he is an All Pro punt returner. He can line up outside and and catch 30, 40 yard bombs. You know. And so, and then he does create a lot of mismatches when you throw him in motion or to to do jet sweeps and that sort of thing. So, um, I'm I'm fine with the deal. I I thought we'd probably get him around that five million dollar range, and so I don't think it was a big overpay by any means. Yeah, I just remember I was listening to a podcast today with some Bears fans on it, and then they were talking about how like they were like like Tariq Cohen didn't do anything, and they're like I don't understand signing him, and then like you're not using him, and they're just like I don't know, they didn't make any sense to them. Tariq Cohen um, has 74 total yards this year, and you extend him before your best player. It just doesn't make yeah. sense to me personally. I, I mean, it seems like Robinson doesn't want to stay around. Like you said, the drama continued after his talk with Nagy. It seems yeah. like there's still drama. I don't know. My opinion is he is probably not going to be back in Chicago. I mean, why would he want to stay? I mean, let's be real. He doesn't have a quarterback. And they might have a good defense, but you're a receiver. You want someone to throw you the ball. They um, should trade him to New England. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, New England would give a good draft pick to have Cam have more weapons. Yeah. You know what? It's a, it's a tough thing because as far as price point goes, um, what I believe the Bears are offering him are is about – uh, is in the range of $16 million, and he wants closer to $18 million. And so, I and you know what? I was fine with paying Allen Robinson $20 million, which is Amari Cooper sort of money. I think he absolutely deserves to be in that range. I th- think he sing- single-handedly carries the offense. Um, outside of this year, I think this year is actually looking a little bit different, where even in last game, whereas you might have m- noticed within your fantasy team or whatever, three receptions for 33 yards, we can get that get into that a little bit uh afterwards but um it, it's a it's a tough contract and I, I hope pace signs them if not i hope we franchise tag him i know alan robinson's is gonna hate that but uh you gotta do what you gotta do honestly i should have known not to draft robinson when he tweeted that he tweeted that Giannis should leave milwaukee and that Giannis <laughs> was going to leave milwaukee and Did i was like ah. yes in two of my three leagues and i try to get him my third in our league um yes yeah he, he, yeah he's getting targets. we're in the same division targets. so there's gonna be a week where we do this and me and you are up against each other Dude, i'd be sick i'd be six and oh right now in my three leagues if it wasn't for james Conner week one only playing a quarter and not getting me five points but um all right i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go rant on my fantasy team right now <laughs> um 
So now we'll get into the matchups for week two. Um, you know, talk about the games, what happened. We will start, we'll do the division game last. We'll start with Jared and the Vikings. What an impressive performance by them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You can, you can go ahead. Well, um, they gave me a lot to talk about. I just don't think it's very good stuff to talk about. Um, you can definitely tell they're missing Hunter and Pierce. They're not getting any pressure on the quarterback, and the interior of the defensive line is just pathetic. They just get manhandled every single play. I was re-watching the game today, and like they're just, they just get destroyed every single play by the uh, offensive line. Um, like Play calling is like it's bothering me. With like fourth and long, and they're calling these draws up the middle and stuff when there's plenty of space behind where you can drop back and try and pass, especially when you're down by like two possessions. Like, I just don't get it. Um, drops by the wide receivers. There were a handful of drops this weekend. Um, Cousins did not look good at all. Uh, Dude, I checked the stats in the middle of the game and I was like, holy crap. Because I mean, I was watching the Packer game and so I'm just like, oh, let's see how Kirk Cousins is doing. Six for 20 for, you know, whatever, how many yards and three yeah. picks. I was like, geez. It was not good. The one pick was on a Hail Mary, but, but okay. the other ones were, yeah. Um, but I, I, I don't get why they have BC Johnson at wide receiver two. Uh, it just doesn't make sense to me. You trade Stephon Diggs for a first-round pick, and you get Justin Jefferson out of it, and you aren't putting him at wide receiver two. He gets he got two looks this weekend, and he, got, he caught both balls. Um, BC Johnson, I, I, I don't get what I don't get what they see in him. I hope that they know more than me about this, but like, I just don't get what the coaches are seeing in BC Johnson to put him in the second uh, spot. And Kirk is forcing the ball down uh, to Thielen like every other play. Like he threw it in double coverage to Thielen, uh, hit like just a deep ball to Thielen in double coverage, and there was BC Johnson wide open over the middle for a first down. So I just, just stuff boneheaded plays like that. just bother me to watch. Um, like I said, Samia looked terrible. Uh, Dakota Dozier's better, but I mean, just the guards are just such a weak point on the team. It's just, especially when you have someone like DeForest Buckner rushing up the middle, it's not, it's just a recipe for disaster. Um, not playing Dalvin Cook, I don't get. They put they have a drive where they did not have him in one time, he, and he wasn't injured or anything. They just they just had a Madison in the whole time. Like, why do you pay your guy twelve and a half million dollars a year and not put him in the game? Like, I it, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, real quick, real quick, just breaking news: uh, the Giants just officially signed Devonta Freeman, one year, three million said he turned down more money from other teams because he liked the opportunity in New York. Oh, get real. Yeah. The opportunity right. to lose? I mean, what are you thinking? But okay, but continue, Jared. Just want and to their offensive that. line isn't good either. Oh, their no. offensive line sucks. It's worse than the Vikings, probably. <laughs> that game against Pittsburgh where Barkley had, what, 15 carries for six yards or something yeah, like that? Yeah, I played was... against Barkley week one and Connor. Monday night was glorious oh, for God, me. I was... <laughs> All right, back to you, Jared. Back to you, Jared. Um, another thing on the interior defensive line, I want to see uh, them play James Lynch a little more. Their rookie, their fourth round draft pick, he was he was a uh, all sorts of awards in college. He has the sack record for the Big Twelve for their for a single season. Um, I feel like they just need to try something different because what they're doing right now is not working. There was a play with Armand Watts where. Uh, it was a fourth and one, I think it was. And you just watch him, and he's just so low to the ground. 
and he goes in to hit the uh, center and just just flat on his face. It was just the saddest thing I've ever seen. So it's just there's so many things that need to be changed right now, and if they don't do it quick, like the coaching staff is in jeopardy because they are not adjusting like I feel like they should be. So right now, what is your percent percent chance the Vikings make the playoffs? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I'll say eight percent. Okay, that's and good. it's it, it it rides on what kind of adjustments are gonna be made because what they're doing right now is just it's just they have the talent on the team but they're not I feel like they're just not doing doing things correctly. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and then the cornerbacks just give them they need more time to you know get their NFL experience. I feel like this year might not be the year and next year might be a little better. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. At least you're at least you're realistic about it, you know. I respect at least the Vikings it's a, it's a pretty quick saying, turnaround after yeah, a week too. Year. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, we I, I think I was the only one who power ranked the Bears over the Vikings. <laughs> yeah, oh. well, I actually think I said last week I think the Vikings have the best chance to come in last in this division as a surprise team because I kind of saw the defense the way it was. And then losing digs, but but yeah, this the way they look Sunday was more surprising than I could have imagined. Yeah, and I'll say one more thing. Um, when Kirk Cousins was playing for Washington in 2016, they started off 0 and 2, had the same point differential as the Vikings this year. So I feel like it's just it's just meant to be. They're gonna make the playoffs. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, okay, so that does it for the Vikings. We too, uh, we'll go to we'll go to Max with the Bears. Um, held on for a 17-13 win against the Giants. Obviously, Saquon got hurt and all that. What were your thoughts? And give us a little recap of that game. Yeah, so it's a very interesting game because um, although the score doesn't say it and the Trubisky stat line doesn't say it, but our offense showed so much in this game. And as well as our defense, too, like it, it, it kind of seems sometimes like if the fourth quarter has a really bad ending, like that you kind of forget what happened the other three quarters or or if the fourth quarter has a good ending, you kind of focus on that a little bit more. So um, it kind of just fit. We tend to fixate on how things end. But basically what happened is uh, Mitch Trubisky had a stat line of two touchdowns, two interceptions, 190 yards, four sacks. Seems really mediocre, and there and there is a lot of mistakes within there. Are a lot of things that you can adjust, but um, within that, the two touchdowns, if you watch them, they were absolutely beautiful. Uh, both plays he extended with his legs, so um, the play plays were broken. Um, the one play to uh, David Montgomery, uh, David Montgomery was his check down in the flat. Uh, Mitch Trubisky rolled right uh, behind him and motioned for him to go forward past the uh, the linebacker that was on David. And so David Montgomery slipped in behind. Um, Mitch Trubisky dropped a, a little toss over the linebacker, and David Montgomery took it the rest of the way, and he had a beautiful weave into the end zone. The second play, uh, Mitch Trubisky, um, yeah, there, there was, uh, again, a broken play. He couldn't find a, a receiver open. He escaped out of the pocket and then motioned Mooney to come back uh, from his route. He was running a, a deep sort of flag route into the end zone. And so Mooney comes back to the front of the end zone and kind of does a short little cross and and Trubisky finds him. And so like they, they were just really cool plays to see where he extends those plays and shows that he can use his feet as well as 
um, just some creativity to be able to do things that we don't normally see from a typical quarterback. But um, within that, there was some negative. So he, he was sacked four times. And that was not because of our offensive line. Our offensive line did so well. And I almost think they're almost doing so well that he tends to sit in the pocket longer than he should. And he ends up taking sacks. I, I think about three of those were I would pro- probably put on Trubisky just for waiting too long and not throwing the ball away. And um, sometimes he tries to extend too much. And uh, so he had a couple mistakes there. And then uh, within that, there was a third touchdown that was it was there for the taking. Trubisky threw a, a beautiful pass to uh, Anthony Miller in the end zone, and it went right through his hands, and uh, and so he missed that third touchdown of the day. As far as the two interceptions, um, the, those I wouldn't put on Trubisky either. So the first interception, uh, Allen Robinson goes and kind of does a little curl route uh, in between the pocket of uh, two zone defenders, and Trubisky read the play very well and um, looked off the safety and dropped it into uh, Allen Robinson. I do think his timing could have been better. He probably could have anticipated the curl b- between the pocket of the zone defenders a little bit quicker. Um, but regardless, it was there. It was on target. Um, the only thing is Anthony, or sorry, Allen Robinson sat on it and he waited for the ball to get to him. And then uh, and then Julian Love made a great play where he crashed on uh, Allen Robinson and attacked the ball the way Robinson should have t- attacked it. And he, that ended up b- bouncing the ball up in the air, pickoff. The second one, uh, it was one-on-one um, Robinson versus uh, James Bradbury, and it, it was a it was a 50-50 ball that um, Trubisky threw up. But you know what? Uh, Bradbury's back was towards the quarterback. Allen Robinson got up. The ball was in his hands. He caught it and brought it down right in front of Bradbury's face mask, and he just took it out of his hands and went down. And it was like, and so from there that you might've seen some Twitter drama where there was like, uh, where we question Robinson's effort. And it's like, cause it's like, you have those, like that ball was in yeah. your hands. Like if Alan Robinson wasn't there, like James Bradbury wasn't going to catch it. So it had to be on Alan Robinson. And, uh, and so, um, and then, uh, Dan Orlovsky came and he, he had some analysis today too. I like Dan. He, I, I find he, I find he's pretty good, but yeah. Um, within his takes there, he he put the onus on Robinson as well. Um, so moving forward from there, uh, we've got uh, Mooney. Mooney looked great. He was uh, a starter for us last Sunday. Ted Ginn was the one who I initially said was going to be the starter, and he was the starter after week one. But Ted Ginn was a healthy scratch just because Darnell Mooney was playing so well. And uh, he, and Darnell Mooney is doing great. Uh, he's catching a lot of balls and um, scoring touchdowns for us. And uh, yeah, he he's adding a lot right now. So we're we're loving him. Uh, David Montgomery had a great game, kind of like I said in the fourth quarter. David Montgomery was just finding holes. Our offensive line is doing so well blocking for him. David Montgomery was our leading receiver as well as our leading rusher, and uh, which is not exactly something you'd like to see, but it's nice to see that he's uh, able to do that. And then from there, our offensive line was looking great, which was a huge problem for us last year. Uh, Cody Whitehair, I think, is playing his best football that he's ever had. Um, like I said, there was four sacks given up. I put the I put majority of those on Trubisky, but within um, within the first two weeks, we are, we're averaging 142 rushing yards a game. Where last year we had no rushing at all. Uh, Afedi is doing awesome. It, like who would have seen that coming? He's doing so great. 
so uh, as of right now, he's PFF's third highest guard. I know it's two weeks in, but it, that's so awesome to see. Um, he's doing fantastic in pass protection. Bobby Massey was the number one ranked offensive tackle uh, as far as pass blocking win rate goes. Daniel James Daniels was number two, uh, the number two guard as far as pass blocking win rate goes. So it's great to see. And you see it. You see it on the field. Trubisky has tons of time. Um, switching to the defense really quick. Jalen Johnson, uh, Buster Screen, and Kyle Fuller have allowed zero touchdowns through two weeks. Uh, Jalen Johnson is playing fantastic football. Like, we we rely on him so much. We And, like, with that being said, he was covering Marvin Jones and uh, Sterling Shepard. Like, good wide receivers, but um, they're not Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, who he will be facing next week. Uh, from there, he's fourth in the league in uh, forced completion percentage. So 33% of his uh, receptions, he's forced in completions. Um, PFF's high, uh, second highest grade among all rookies right now. Uh, it's PFF, take it for what you will. Um, but through 141 snaps, he has allowed five catches of 12 targets, 79 uh, uh, receiving yards, and four pass breakups. And then uh, Fuller. Kyle Fuller is doing awesome as well. Uh, I, I've seen some people say he has a 0.0 pass rating. I don't believe so. Uh, I've also seen 27.3. I think that makes more sense to me. But that's number one in the league. Uh, second in the league in uh, completion percentage when thrown his way. Third in the league in, in pass breakup. So that just being said, our secondary is doing so well. And we need them to be doing well considering who, who we're going up against next week. Um, as far as our... Uh, our pass rush, Mac, is doing great. Again, take it for what you will. PFF, second highest graded uh, edge rusher right now. Um, two sacks with through two games. We need a little bit more, but 12 pressures within there, 10 hurries. Baldy did a quick breakdown today showing just some of the holds that are happening. So uh, we'd like to see that get some recognition because you see it throughout the game. Robert Quinn, his first snap as a bear, strip sack. Super cool. Great to see him get on the action. Uh, Roquan Smith, our inside linebacker, he's looking great. Danny Trevathan, he's looking awful. He had one tackle um, on Sunday, and he looks slow. Uh, we're seeing a lot more Deion Bush. We're seeing, um, I've even even seen uh, Joel E.A. Booney way out there um, a little bit more than I would have liked to. So uh, really concerning, something we need to watch, especially since uh, I expect Hayden Hurst to go after Trevathan next week. We'll talk about that in a little bit. And then um, our backups got in the action too. Deion Bush had an interception after a Cleo Mack pass rush. And then Barkevius Mingo had a sack, which is awesome. We never see that. And it was a great one-on-one -on -one play he had. Last thing is that Eddie Jackson is playing lights out as our free safety. He's awesome. Uh, he had his sixth career touchdown, but it was called back due to a pass interference. Um, if you watch it, you see them, uh, the receiver, I forget who it was. Um, but he was in his lane, uh, Eddie Jackson going for the ball. He hits the receiver, uh, bumps the ball up, catches it. And uh, Eddie Jackson went on Twitter afterwards and he said, I cannot believe what I just heard. The ref apologized to me about that penalty. And Eddie Jackson had like, it was the sweetest play because he had a, such a cool run back to get into the end zone too. And uh, yeah, his sixth career touchdown called back though. So um, just within that, there's two touchdowns that I that were just like, just left off the board because of a bad call and because Anthony Miller dropped it. And so um, although we see only, we only put up 17 points and we do need to show a little bit more in those third and fourth quarters, 
there, there is just so much that we saw within that game itself, within that context. And so overall, I'm happy. Uh, finally, both sides of the ball are, are showing a lot. I saw that Eddie Jackson played today. He hit him first. Did he not? So, so, he, so he was going for the ball. And so if there's a lane, if there's the throwing lane, and the ball, it wasn't, and it was like pretty quick too. Like the ball was there, like as he was arriving. But the thing is, Eddie Jackson, you don't see him laying in. You don't see him looking at the defender. You see him just straight up going for the ball, arms out. And that's what he did. And he caught it right away as well. And so, and then I'll add on that the ref apologized. So I yeah. have my confirmation. Obviously, yeah. Obviously, there, there must be some rule again. But I just watched it and I was like, that looks like pass interference to me. But I, I think there's some rule saying, yeah, if you're going for the ball, it's like incidental contact or something like yeah. that. So I don't know. Um, so yeah, there's the Bears recap. And now we get to the Packers-Lions. Um, we'll start with Eli. Uh, Gerbs, I'll get to you last. <laughs> I'll, let you, I'll let you rant after this. Um, but yeah, for the Packers, obviously. Um, All right. So to you, Eli. lot to cover. So let's start off with the negative. Started out the game down 14-3, to three, which... Looking at last year was kind of the opposite. The Packers last year, I think, were the best team in the NFL in the first quarter. Very good, starting out fast. Sunday was a bit of a reverse roll, went down early. But honestly, I like the fact that this team, young, early in the season, down, down over, you know, double digits early in the game. They didn't, they didn't flinch. They weren't afraid. They came right back, got right back in the game. It went from. 14 to 10 to 31 to 14 in about five minutes in that game. So, yeah, the Packers, they could put up points. Everyone wants to cry. They should have drafted a receiver. Receiver, Oh, no. I think right now they're doing just fine. Alan Lazard and MVS have been very good. Yes, there have been some drops, but they have been better than we could have expected. The offense put up 42 points on Sunday, over 500 yards of offense, and Devontae Adams had three catches. That's all you need to hear to know about the Packers don't have an offense. Like, Adams was as close to a non-factor as he could be on Sunday, and the Packers scored more points than they... The Packers scored 35 offensive points, 500 offensive yards, basically no Devontae Adams. So obviously, star of the game, Aaron Jones... 236 total yards, three touchdowns, two on the ground, one in the air. I mean, me, me and Nathan have had a little bit of back and forth about paying him, whether they should or they shouldn't. Week after week, he's proving he needs to be paid. And I, yeah, I tweeted that I, I've changed my mind a little bit. You know, exactly. I'm coming, I mean, around, coming around. Again, it would be concerning a bit if they just threw out the bank at him, but the Packers aren't going to do that because they don't do that. But you got to pay him. The guy is winning you games, not just as a running back, but as, as a receiver. I know Nathan saw it. I don't know if the rest of you saw his catch down the sideline, lined up against a corner. Well, you for sure saw Gerbs. He mossed that guy. That's a running back mossing a cornerback, not a linebacker, not a safety. That's a corner. Aaron Jones went up and beat him for the ball. Aaron Jones, just you can't say enough. He was incredible. Um, offensive line, amazing. Probably, as usual, very underrated offensive line. They played incredible, opened holes, not just for Jones, but Jamal Williams, who also had a great day. Eight carries, 63 yards, nearly eight yards per carry. He was very effective when he touched the ball. And 
My one concern offensively was Jay Sternberger, someone who I've been extremely high on all offseason. Two bad drops, really bad drops. Disappointing. But look, that was his first real game action with DeGuara out, his chance to really be the receiving threat. It happens. He didn't have his best game. I'm not, you know, panicking over Jay Sternberger. He's a young tight end. I'm sure he'll get it together. And now moving on to the defensive. Well, I mean, Aaron Rodgers was Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. You know, you don't even, he might, you don't even yeah. need to expand on exactly. it. Exactly. I was I don't really need to explain. He looked amazing. He didn't put up four touchdowns, but he didn't have to. He put the team in positions to score. No interceptions. Once again, decisive, quick with the ball. Rodgers right now. I think I saw a stat today. So he has the the best rating when he's throwing under 2.5 seconds. And in under 2.5 seconds, his air yards are nine yards per attempt. So he's getting rid of the ball quick and he's going deep. It's not just short balls. He's looking amazing and locked in as ever. Defensively, we have a couple breakout stars. Number one, Jair Alexander continues to prove that he is an all-pro and he is a star in this league, and he's going to be for a long time. He covered Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones finished the game against him with four catches for 29 yards, I believe. Um, it was, uh, no, four catches for 19 yards on Marvin Jones. He had a tackle for a loss on a blown-up screen pass. He was just all over the field. And then you have the progression of Rashawn Gary. He had a sack and a half. He what he leads the uh, he leads the Packers right now in pressures with seven on only 45 pass rush snaps this season. So he has been just as if not more effective than the Smith brothers. And this is what we were saying last year. And Jared, I was going to say about you know Justin Jefferson. Rookies are rookies. It could take them a year to progress. But everyone said that Gary's going to be a de- de- developmental guy. Everyone who was freaking out in Packer Nation last year, I was not one of them. I knew he would be a project, but he's starting to show that he was what we were hoping he's going to be. And then, of course, you have Chad and Sullivan with the pick six. Beautiful play, great instincts, great read. Rashawn Gary got the pressure on that play to lead to the pick six. Sullivan also had a tackle for loss and a pass breakup. He's someone I talk about constantly on Twitter, one of my favorite players on the Packers. So really happy to see that he played well. Chris Barnes had another good game, undrafted, free agent, middle linebacker. He has been a pleasant surprise. And until Kamal Martin comes back, I expect him to continue to be a part of this defense. And then the only downside, I think, defensively is I think we need to see better play out of our safeties in Amos and Savage. They seem to have gotten lost in coverage a few times in zone. They gave up that touchdown to Marvin Hall. I believe it was Amos. Kind of let him drift past him into the end zone. Last week versus the Vikings, the two deep touch. I mean, the one deep to the first touchdown to Thielen. Kind of blown coverage up the middle there. So, but overall, with Jair Alexander locking down one side, King has been playing well. The secondary looks good. The front seven, with you, the way they have Gary playing right now, is as scary as anyone in the league. And remember, Kenny Clark didn't play. And final note for the defense, unlike last week where we had a big lead and we do what the Packers always do and try to blow it, this week they played good defense in the fourth quarter, shut down Matthew Stafford, no comeback attempts, no nail biters. They got the lead, they held the lead, and they were the better team. And it was 
glorious. Yeah, Eli pretty much nailed everything I kind of, you know, was going to talk about or wanted to talk about. But, um, I mean, the one I will push back a little bit, and I'm not trying to be a downer. I'm not trying to be anything, say anything like too negative about the Packers. I'm not completely sold on this receiving unit yet. I think people need to, like, yes, the offense is still playing really well and everything, but I'm a, like, I am concerned that if we play a good team in the playoffs and, you know, guys are dropping balls and MB, like MBS is great at times. And I, it's, it's, I tweet it, it's a roller coaster. The MBS yeah. experience. No, the drops, game. the drops come December, January. Those can't be there. I mean, yeah, you can't have those drops. The point is, at least early in the season, we're seeing the, the potential because let's be real, the end of last year, we were thinking MBS could be a nothing yeah. this year. So I, I agree. Look, could a very talented receiver help this team? Obviously, a good receiver would help any team, but you, you got to be happy with the way it's looked so far. Yeah, and hopefully, like I said, like I, I'm, I'm guessing those things will be worked out by the time we get, you know, a little bit further into the season. I'm thinking MVS will improve a little bit with the drops, but he still looked good um, at times. And then Sternberger, I'm assuming, will get better. I don't know. I mean, he can't be much worse than he is right now. I'm guessing he'll, you know, progress a little bit, get better. So, um, yeah, for sure, though. Um, Gerbs, we've reached you. All right. So the Lions, if it weren't for all those Packers drops, this game would have been much worse. Mm. <laughs> I mean, like the Packers, what had I'd have to say like six, seven, was, eight drops. Six. Yeah, it was six. Six drops. Yes. On like crucial plays. I know. Like, I know. That's the thing is, I was like, they were a lot of more big plays, and yeah. And then, okay, and okay, the kick in the dick for me here was Robert Tanyan catching a touchdown pass. That's right. Like, a guy that the Lions had as a camp body, undrafted free agent in 2016 who lost the job to Eric Ebron and, like, Brandon Pettigrew and, like, Darren Fells or whoever the hell was our backup tight ends back then. And then he catches a touchdown pass against the Detroit Lions this year. <laughs> what? Oh, my God. Um, yeah, I hate that man um, for so many reasons. But the Lions just... I don't even know where to begin with this team. Matt Patricia needs to go now. Like, they need to have... If they could fire him yesterday, I'd be down for that. Like... Again, like I talked about it last week, but the dude literally sat there when called out on his like how bad he botches fourth quarters and says, well, I had one of the best fourth quarter like defense, like defensive plays in NFL history. It's like, bro, you got lucky that, you know, your corner, your slot corner happened to intercept a play that no one expected. Like (laughs) that's an awful answer. I laughed at it. Yeah. It's yeah. like a Trump-esque answer right there. Of like, <laughs> oh, I'm not bad. I have the best fourth quarter play in NFL the history. Greatest, like, the greatest of all time. It was huge. It's like, dude, yeah. guess what? Your your defense sucks right now. And like, okay, how do you get one of the best like cornerbacks to come out in college football history and have that horrible of a game? I get the the assignment of Devontae Adams versus a, any rookie, regardless of draft position, Devontae Adams is a tough assignment to go against. And Adams-Rogers-like combo. But Akuda was like 10 feet behind any receiver he was covering. Can I say real quick his stats? Akuda 
was targeted 10 times, allowed seven completions for 121 yards, a QB rating of 110, Detroit's worst defensive player per PFF, and currently ranks 98th out of 99 players at the position. <laughs> we should have drafted Tua. I'm saying this as loud as I can. Mike to my mouth right now. Tua. We should have taken Tua. <laughs> well, the cornerback who got drafted after him, CJ Henderson, is doing pretty well, if it makes you feel better. Justin Herbert. Yeah. The yeah. cornerback drafted in the second round, Jalen Johnson's doing all right too. I was, yeah. I can't believe Jalen Johnson fell that far. I, it was just because that Vikings injury, that like, labrum repair, which isn't even like that. I don't even, yeah, I don't even care about that. Come on. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. Our pass rush got like one coverage sack from Jamie Collins on Rodgers. Other than that, it was like our D line eventually was playing like five yards back. 10 yards back because like the, the Packers offense was doing so good that our, like our D line was lo- our D line was losing yardage while trying to put pressure on you guys. It was awful. I mean, like, and then the lions were playing Will Harris, who, I mean, when we had um, Dan Kelly, that scout on our show a few weeks ago, that was like his first thing he said about the Lions was that Will Harris was an absolute liability for this team on defense. And we're playing him more than Tracy Walker. Mm. Garbage. Any idea why that is? I saw that. Uh, we play a lot of three safety sets. And Walker technically is more of a free safety than a strong safety. And Will Harris is the closest thing to a strong safety we have. But at this point, I'd rather go two free safeties than try to play. Will Harris had two back-to-back. That was awesome. Like, personal foul, like, unnecessary roughness penalty. Or, no, one was a um, holding. The second one was a horse collar. I think the first one was a holding, right? Ish. Or it was a legal collar. Or, no, I think he hit someone out of... No, he hit hit MVS with his helmet. Yeah, he he led with his helmet, and then he had a horse collar on the bear. If I were a head coach... Okay, like, I'm planning... I'm, I'm coaching high school football next year, here, around here. Like... If any of my players were to commit two back-to-back, like, rough penalties like that, I'd kick them out of the game <laughs> for the rest of the goddamn game. And, no, Will Harris ended up still starting for the rest of the freaking game. Ah, the Lions. Matt Patricia needs to get fired instantly. Like, if any of your players, it doesn't matter who the coach is, if your player commits two boneheaded penalties like that, they should be out of the game. You should be personally dragging them to the locker room by the back of their neck. Like, so this (laughs) game was just like, I mean, and the first two quarter or the first two drives for the Lions looked like the Lions were going to take the Packers to freaking school on that. Like, they were, Matt Stafford looked like the best he's ever been. He was completing every single pass he throws. The running game was looking solid. I mean, carry on Johnson was trampling you guys. And then we just gave up Yeah. like two drives. And we're like, okay, cool. We're up by two, two, two scores. We're done for the whole day in the first <laughs> quarter. I need to find a new team. <laughs> Dude, I need to find a, like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find a secondary team to root for because like, I'm always going to root for the lions. I've, I was born in Detroit, raised in Detroit, spent my whole life there. But like, I put up with them during <laughs> this. 0-16. Oh, but yeah, yeah I mean, like, oh. the defense, we're second behind the Jets. <laughs> That's bad. 
Dude, yeah, this defense. I mean, like, how is this defensive guru, Matt Patricia, and his garbage... Like, this man came in here to fix the defense. He brings all his players from New England and still can't coach a defense. He's a Bill product Belichick. of Belichick. I mean, Bill Belichick is based on defense, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay, so, I mean... Yeah. <laughs> There you go. He's a great he's a great mastermind when Bill Belichick is the one calling the plays there on the defense and Patricia's getting the credit for, you know, biting his beard on the sideline all game and it's very fun, but that whole thing, I mean, Bill Belichick's coaching tree has just been a failure from the start. So yeah. Well, I mean, Vrabel has like one of the worst defenses and offenses as well. Well, Vrabel's on the Dolphins like but he, I mean, but it's he was in, Oh, you mean you're talking about uh, uh, Flores. Yeah. No, oh, Flores. Flores. Sorry, not Vrabel. Yeah. Vrabel, Flores. though, he, did, he didn't coach for Belichick, but he played. But Vrabel, I think, I mean, he's made some really weird decisions at times, but I think he's a pretty good coach. Yeah, sorry. I meant Flores. Yeah, not Vrabel. Yeah, I'm thinking linebacker's coach, not linebacker. There we go. So Flores, like, yeah, his defense is, like, one step above the Detroit's, which isn't great either. But, like, I mean – we brought in Danny Shelton. A nose tackle's job is to stuff the run, and we let Aaron Jones just, like, decimate us. Three touchdowns. To be fair, he decimates a lot of teams. But... Yeah, but still, three touchdowns <laughs> from a running back. We That's the most yards allowed on the run game from Detroit since the Snow Bowl in 2013 against the Eagles, where it snowed so hard that no quarterback could pass because they couldn't see their receivers, so <laughs> the entire game was on the ground. Was that the – did LaShawn McCoy have a huge game? Was that when they had LaShawn McCoy? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, like, dude, there was, like, eight inches of snow on the ground. Like, literally, like, they couldn't see – like, so the quarterbacks couldn't play because they couldn't throw because they couldn't see anyone. So, like, that game was all running backs, and still this is more yards allowed than that <laughs> from a running back. So, yeah, dude, this team – like, Patricia should get fired tomorrow. And we should put Daryl Bevel, our offensive coordinator, as head coach. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm You're calling it. <laughs> All right. Um, so we're running a little bit short on time. So that does it for our week two recaps. Um, we'll now move ahead to week three, do a little um, you know, brief preview of next week's matchup for each team, um, score prediction. Um, we will start with Jared. Vikings play the Titans um, in a home game. Um, give us your thoughts. Do they bounce back? Uh, well, you have Derrick Henry going against that interior defensive line. I don't know if it looks very good for us. Um, you know, he's, I, I, if you have Derrick Henry on your fantasy team, you better start him. If you do daily fantasy, you better buy him in every single league because he's probably going to put up a lot of points. Um, and then A.J. Brown might still be out next week, so that's kind of a good thing. And then Corey Davis will, of course, be playing. He had a really good first week. Um, and then they have Jadeveon Clowney, who's going to be going after Kirk with that fantastic offensive line we have. Uh, so I, it doesn't look good, I don't think. But um, I think they're going to – I feel like they're going to – they'll keep getting better throughout the season. I think this will be closer. I would say the offense will put up more points. I feel like they're uh, – I, I want to say it will probably be um, a 27 to – 34 game loss or win loss sorry okay no no, that's fair that's fair um yeah i i I can't imagine i mean cousins has to play obviously better i don't know how he can be any worse like you know so i'd have to imagine the offense looks a little bit better um 
All right, we'll go to Max um, Bears. We're at Bears at Falcons. Ooh, that that offense looking pretty good. But yeah, and they they can't close games, obviously. So <laughs> yeah, they can't close games, and their defense, like their defense, like the schematically, they're they're fine, but um, they're yeah, giving yeah. up tons of points right now. You know, yeah, and really so quick, really quick, did you, the onside kick? Did you guys see that? <laughs> oh, oh my god, it was so stupid. <laughs> How did guys they standing not around jump watching on it? That? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, were they just trying to, to watch see it. it? Did they want to see if it wouldn't go ten yards or what I, was that, it? Yeah, that had I don't to have know. been what it was. Yeah. They, they, people were saying they thought that maybe it was going to roll out of bounds. Bottom yeah. line is, it coaching. The guys clearly thought they were not allowed to touch the ball till it mm-hmm. hit ten yards. It's the only explanation. Yeah. Special teams coach should be fired, and I yeah. have PTSD from 2014. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on from the onside kick talk. Was that Brandon Bostic, right? No. Don't even say I don't that. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> what you're talking about. All right. Max, I remember go. that one. <laughs> All right. Uh, so this is a statement game, first and foremost, for Trubisky to show that he's continuing his progression and that he's actually going to take this next step. Huge. He needs to have a game here. Also for Jalen Johnson, needs to step up. Uh, not even step up, but just stay consistent because he's going to be going against uh, Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. So. Um, he, if he can just limit those guys, you, you don't even need to do as well as he did the previous games, but just limit them. Um, the game could easily go in our favor. I'm going to give you uh, a fantasy tip as well, or a daily fantasy tip. Play Hayden Hurst. If he can get lined up against Trevathan, and and uh, they are pretty, they have a pretty good offense going over there, it's very high odds that Hayden Hurst will score a touchdown on us. Um, Love it. Yeah, I got him on one of my teams too. I'm definitely playing him. Uh, and then from there... Uh, Falcons 2019 first round pick offensive tackle uh, Caleb McGarry he's likely going to miss that game so that's huge for our pass rush um, so our rush needs to just be on Matt Ryan all day don't give him a chance to go deep he loves going deep to his wide receivers and so we need to uh, we need a blitz more I'd love to see Pagano, Pagano do some slot blitzes and something that we've been very successful at with blitzing screen and our, our nickel um, from there uh, on the offense side of the ball uh, we need to establish that run quick, uh, get after that defensive line that likes to blitz, wear them out, and Trubisky needs to go to work. And um, the, we're likely going to see a lot of zone, so it should be a tough game for Trubisky. But, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. It'll be close either way. Uh, kind of like I said in earlier on the show, like the, the Bears could have easily had 30 points against this Giants team if Anthony Miller catches his ball and and uh, Eddie Jackson's touchdown isn't called back. Uh, so I think I think we do put up some decent points against them, but you know what? I do have the Falcons winning. I think the Falcons are a really good team who have showed up 0-2, but I don't think that's indicative of their future um, projection. So I'm, I'm going to put Falcons at 31, and I'm going to put the Bears at 28. All right, yeah, that, that that's around what I would predict. I mean, it's the best, arguably the best 0-2, 0-2 team against the worst 2-0 team. So, um, you know what? I'm not. I don't think I'd even debate you on that. Yeah, I mean, not I that. The secondary is the is rough though. That's yeah, the, that's the Trubisky's got to have a good game. Yeah. yeah, he has to. Absolutely, no doubt about it. I have I have Calvin Ridley in all three leagues, so hopefully he keeps up what he's been doing. Oh, he's unbelievable what he's yeah. putting up. I got him in like the fifth round of my league, so I was like, I'm Gosh. jumping on that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we now move on Packers at Saints, uh, week three. This is a, a prime time Sunday night game. Rogers breeze. Eli, what do you think? 
Um, what do I think? First off, I want to say that I'm getting really jealous of everyone talking about their fantasy leagues. Because I'm only in one league this year for the first time ever. And it's very, you know, gives me panic attacks. Too much, <laughs> too much pressure on one league. But yeah. I got Rodgers and Devante, so I'm, ho- I'm banking on that all year long. But Packers Saints, when we did our schedule predictions, I had the Packers losing this game. That was before Michael Thomas ended up with a high ankle sprain, and that changed. And before the Raiders beat them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had Darren Waller, too, on my fantasy team. He oh, had a yeah, game, sir. dude. Oh, I needed, I loved I needed Dar- it from Yo, I drafted Waller last year in all of my league's last pick. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah. But either way, yeah, Wall- yeah, Waller, by the way, he's a star. I think he's a yeah. star. Yeah. Um, but, okay, so Packers Saints, it, let's just assume Michael Thomas isn't playing, because I really would be surprised if he does. Even if he does, he would be very limited. You don't want to mess with a high ankle sprain this early in the season when you're a Super Bowl contending team. So I'm going to be changing my prediction. Like, I am going to be picking the Packers to win this game without Michael Thomas. I don't think they're going to run away with it. The Saints are still a good team. They have a good defense. Alvin Kamara is one of the best backs in the league. And their passing options, I mean, Emmanuel Sanders and Jared Cook, it could be worse. It's not the best, but there's what to throw to. The bottom line is, it's going to come down to Drew Brees. Is this Drew Brees declining thing real, or is it he had a bad game? I think it's more likely he had a bad game, but you never know. And if we put pressure on him, that's that's the clincher. You know, you put pressure on Brees, smaller quarterback. He doesn't have his go-to receiver in Thomas. I think that's how we win. So I am going to take the Packers in this. Another high-scoring game. I'm going to go... I'm going to go 38 to 38-34. I'll go, if I had to do a, uh, a record, or not record, a uh, score prediction, I'd go like around the lines of like 34-27. Um, yeah, I mean, Breeze definitely did not. I mean, he was pretty bad yesterday. And it's just like he does his, everything is, you know, at the line of scrimmage or within two yards or behind line of scrimmage. It's so many just dump offs and just throws to Kamara. Kamara definitely worries me like way more than Breeze does. If I'm the Packers, I'm trying to make it's weird, but like you want to make Breeze beat you, actually. Yeah. Like I mean, yeah. Kamara was going we off. We need yesterday. Clark. We need Kenny Clark. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But like uh uh Kamara yesterday had so many catches, just you know, they they're yeah. just dumping him off to him every single time and he's explosive when he gets the ball in his hands. Um but yeah, for sure. I do think, you know, I think that I had the Packers losing this as well in my original predictions. But from what I've seen, and with Thomas out, I'm you know assuming Adams plays, um, I'm I'm picking the Packers. But like you said, it'll be it'll definitely be a test and it'll be close. I still like the Packers. Um, and then Gerbs, we have. Um, are you at the Lions or home? Um, it's at at the, or uh, at the at Cardinals. It's at the Cardinals. Cardinals, yeah. Oh, it should All be right. another tie. No, <laughs> it's gonna be worse. Okay, I'm gonna start my prediction. It's gonna be 24 to 10. Lions losing. <laughs> and here's how it's gonna go. I'm gonna I'm gonna run through the entire game right here. First quarter, battle of defenses. Not much happens. Second quarter, Lions get a touchdown. Cool. We're up like seven to seven. You're not even up. We're tied seven seven. <laughs> and then Cardinals just run it like the whole rest of the second half. Kyler Murray is hot right now. Yeah. You got yeah, DeAndre Hopkins. Too. What the hell was Bill O'Brien thinking trading DeAndre Hopkins to the Cardinals? Now you got Kyler Murray with a weapon and Kenyon Drake, who's not bad. Like, whew, yeah, Lions are dead. 
Yeah, dude, Murray's been looking so good. And dude, like again, I mean, like, Murray was Murray was the tenth back, tenth best quarterback as far as offensive production goes last season. Yeah, as a rookie. Yeah, I know he. He was he the was, high, like the best rookie out of all rookie. I mean, I don't think there were a lot of rookie QBs last year playing, but um, yeah, he was the best. And now you got. Yeah, I mean the the Lions. Look at their track record right now. We lost to Trubisky. We let Trubisky <laughs> score twenty one unanswered points. Yeah. Sorry, Max. But <laughs> untaken. Kyler and Hopkins. Like okay, Akuda struggled against Adams. Adams is like a top ten rec- top five receiver in the league. You got Hopkins, who's like the number one receiver in the league. Akuda yeah. screwed, dude. Like. I don't think Trufant's ready. I think we're still going to run with Akuda and Daryl Roberts. And Daryl Roberts was the... You just put a safety over the top the whole game, and you just double him. Make anyone else beat you. It doesn't matter, because then they're going to oh, <laughs> gonna use anyone else. You'll I still lose, but it yeah, just won't Will be Fu- Will, F- or Will Fuller, we're still getting... Do they still have Ken- No, they have uh, Randall Cobb, right? No, Kirk. Cobb no, done the, uh, the Texans. Texans, yeah. Oh, that's Christian Texans. Kirk and Mary Fitzgerald. Yeah, Christian Kirk, yeah, that's right. So they got Christian Kirk and they got Andy Isabella and they Oops. got Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald, yeah. I mean, we're screwed. We're absolutely <laughs> freaking doomed. Um, this defense will not be able to stop them. And I mean, okay, our O line looks all right. Jonah Jackson was one of the best graded rookies by PFF, and like, I mean, he held his own against the Packers. He didn't allow a sack. Everyone else on the line did. He didn't. So good job, Rook. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, four sacks to Stafford and Jonah Jackson was the only one who actually was still standing upright by the end of any of those. So, um, yeah, against the Cardinals, I just 20 or what did I say? 24 to 10. I I'm think surprised we'll you only up. said 24. I think they put up more than 24. I think it'll be 24. I think the Lions defense will be able to hold them a little bit. I think a little bit of a, like, it won't be a fire sparked under them. Maybe like a slight little, like, ember, some smoldering little coals. <laughs> Not a fire, but, you know, like, the defense will play a little bit better. But, yeah. I, maybe the Cardinals will just start to feel bad and take the yeah, foot off yeah, the gas a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Patricia better get fired by the end of the bye. So we have a bye week, week five. Okay. We play the Cardinals and then the Saints. So we need that. We need him gone by that bye week. But yeah, so 24, 10, I'm going lions are going to lose the lions fashion. We're going to do all right. First half and second half. We're going to forget that we play football. <laughs> Typical lions fashion. Um, all right. So that does it for uh, this week's episode of the split division podcast. Thank you all for listening. You can follow us, um, Max at Max Markham NFL, Eli at Book of Eli underscore NFL, Gerbs at Max Gerbs, Jared, are you at Jared Bars NFL? Yep. And then he's filling in for Brett, who is at MN Bike Central. I think he's dropped the MN. I think he's just Bike Central now. Yeah, he's just Bike Bike Central. Okay, at Bike Central. And then myself at Nathan Marsbrown. And you can follow our podcast account at Split Div Pod. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, Gerbs is pointing at the 0-16 uh, picture in the background, which is probably what the Lions will go this year. Um, thank you guys for watching or listening, and we will see you guys next time.